Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Amanda's writhing on the floor. <laughs> a little bit louder now. Now. A little louder now. Uh, if you couldn't already tell, you are listening to <laughs> Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. And mm-hmm. rage sing, shout. <laughs> <laughs> and worst Motown song attempts. Yeah. <laughs> oh and writhe on the floor. It's just an excuse. It really is. <laughs> I'm possessed. All right. Whoa, you cursed. <laughs> uh, this week we have a very special fan pick episode. Um, and uh, we also have a very patient fan who picked this episode because... I'm pretty sure they were expecting it to drop on, like, ep 65. Oh, no. Oh, no. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Things got shuffled around. We're we're just, we're doing our best, people. Turns out, it's not easy to run a small business. No. Um, It's (laughs) fucking really hard, actually. (laughs) And we're, like, hobbling around on a wing and a prayer. Also, you're Kenyan, I'm Lucy, and that's Amanda. Right. Oh, right. (laughs) It's also not easy to remember the intro to your own show. Um, Or your name. You'd think after 70 episodes we'd have this down, but nope. Nope. Not even close. Nope. It's the wine. Uh, Okay, so... Very special, very patient fan, Nicholas Gamache. Ooh, that Woo! sounds like Grenache. It does mm. sound like Grenache. So we really love New you, favorite. Nicholas. We um, love yeah. your panache. <laughs> and, and your moustache. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything. Um, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so your Nic- eyelash. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That so was, stupid. That was too mash. Yeah, there she is. <laughs> Can there we be done is. with this? Though? Okay. I mean, never, <laughs> but yes. Um, all right. I'm pretty sure Nicholas is a truck driver, and that is why he chose the theme of this week's episode, which is trucker crimes. Truck driver. Oh, yeah. This was real gruesome to research, I gotta say. Real dark. I'm pouring my wine preemptively. (laughs) Yeah, Googling trucker crimes brings up a lot of gnarly shit. It definitely was the easiest research. So easy. Took me three seconds to find a case. First link. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even go to the second page of Google. I was like, yeah, you're the one. Um, I see you. (laughs) Also, in last week's episode, didn't we talk about another trucker crime? Which is yes, the pee, the bottles of hot piss. Oh yeah, that is a crime. (laughs) (laughs) The most egregious crime we'll be discussing today is the side of the road piss bottles. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, before we get into it, what is Mm -hmm. our wine crime pairing for trucker crimes? Nicholas recommended we use any wine from the open road label. Mm. Oh, so I have chosen. 
the open road Tempranillo, mm. I couldn't resist. It's so good. Mm. You love this, those temps. I yep. really, really do. Yep. I yep. can't help myself. Um, this is a California wine, and though Tempranillo is most commonly grown in Spain, where the grape originated, and also Portugal, it's actually gotten very popular in California, and they have um, great uh, pockets of the state that have the right soil for growing this grape, which is awesome. It's so crazy how California has, like, five different fucking climate zones in it because yeah. it's such an enormous mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. They're um, called terroirs. There you are. Mm-hmm. Um as we just said, Tempranillo is one of my absolute fave red wine varietals alongside Grenache Abvi. Mm-hmm. It is a black grape variety widely grown to make full-bodied red wines, but unlike more aromatic red varieties like Cab Sauve, Sangiovese, or Pinot Noir, Tempranillo has a relatively neutral profile. So mm. it is full-bodied, but it can be a lot mellower and like less abrasive and aromatic than those other varietals can be on their own. Ooh. And it's very often used in blends and it's really commonly blended with Grenache because they both have some of those like nice kind of peppery notes to them. Mm. But then the Tempranillo is a little bit softer and it can bring a little bit more fruit to the palate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also often aged for extended periods in um, oak barrels because the wine is very easily like susceptible to soaking up the flavors of oak. So it's a good uh, wine for barrel aging because it just takes on all these like beautiful notes of whatever, you know, barrel they decide to age it in. But oak seems to be the fan favorite for aging Tempranillos. It's a barrel of laughs. It's a barrel of monkeys. (laughs) Um, Tempranillos usually exhibit flavors of plum and strawberry with some Mm. earthy notes and a little bit of black pepper. Um, It's also an early ripening variety that tends to thrive in like drier, chalkier vineyard soils. Mm. So there are definitely a couple areas of California where it's drier. There's literally a desert. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, pretty fun stuff. Should we pop her open? Yeah, Neo. All right. I am not using the new version of the nice pop wine key available at wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com, <laughs> but we do have those available on our merch store, mm-hmm. and I urge you to invest. Mm-hmm. They came in the mail the other day, since, mm-hmm. as you all know, we record this several time. days in advance. Yeah. Uh, but I had the lovely opportunity to use it for the first time this weekend. And let me tell you, mm. that baby pops. Yeah. Ooh, I do wish I had it right now because Tempranillo corks are notorious for being a little challenging. I'm struggling. It's oh, okay. Yeah. You can do it. You couldn't be I worse can... than me. So it's fine. Well, I That's mean, true. Today could be the day. Okay. It's <laughs> close. The goose is loose. Ready? Mm. And... Ooh. Oh, that was that, a really good that pop. That was a nice, nice pop. pop. It was like a bright, <laughs> clear pop. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crisp. Crisp. It's nice to get the cork like all, like two-thirds of the way out and mm-hmm. then pause, and you can almost feel how the cork like swells, and then mm-hmm. you know you're going to get a really good pop. Yeah. That's what and she then you just said. yank it. I think it's it gets called edging. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, that sounds like Cosmo advice. Yeah, you're right. It's so swole. So swole. Ooh, it's so inky, this wine. Slow down, change the rhythm. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. Flick the tip. All right, 
Uh, uh, cheers, right. folks. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> um, Lucy, as you flick the tip, can you give us some <laughs> tips and background in psych on trucker crimes? Not when I have wine in my mouth. Don't say that. <laughs> flick the tip. Trucker crimes. Swole. Uh, So let me just start out (laughs) by saying a little quick anecdote that truckers have a special place in my heart because I think you Mm -hmm. two know this, but when I was younger, my grandma owned a beer distribution business in Waterloo, Mm -hmm. Iowa, and she and she had several truck drivers on her staff who drove from between St. Paul, Minnesota and Waterloo with Mm -hmm. all their beverages and whatnot. Mm hmm. Um, and at the time, my family lived in South Minneapolis, So, and my mom's side of the family lived in Cedar Falls, Iowa, which is right next to Waterloo, Iowa. Oh, yeah. So my mom would just drive me to St. Paul, pop me on a truck with either Ron or Don, oh, and God. I would hitch a ride down to Waterloo no. to spend the weekend with my grandma. That I did not know. <laughs> I didn't so know I've that spent, last part. No, I've I did not know lot. your mother literally long-haul trucker <laughs> shipped you off. She did. To Iowa. <laughs> bouncing baby girl in, like, the back of a beer truck. I oh wasn't, like, God. a baby, but I was between, like, f- I'd say, like, four and seven. Oh, my what? God. <laughs> oh, my God. A lot of <laughs> trust put into Don and Ron, am I right? <laughs> yeah. They were, like, family friends. All right. sure. They worked for my grandma for, like, decades. Mm-hmm. And they'd most stop at Dairy Queen. Are. And... Ron really yeah, I was likes just going to say, <laughs> most murderers are known to are the family victims. friends. Yeah. I mean, here I am, so whatever. Worked but I would sit in fine. the back in the like little cab. There's like a little bed behind the cab in a lot of semis. I'd read yeah. my Disney adventures and my Nickelodeon magazines and Holy make a little fort. Shit. Oh my God. It was great. Oh my God. I loved it. I freaked out. So yeah, I spent I'm a so lot of time in a semi truck. <laughs> Good fucking lord. Good okay, God. well, all right. Well, that's Lucy's origin story for why she loves true crime. It's a miracle <laughs> why she's alive. Like I can't. They I'm were shocked. lovely gentlemen. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, you got lucky. <laughs> so some other name for truck drivers and lovely gentlemen include truckers, teamsters, drivers, truckies, lorry drivers. In whatever weird places that call trucks, gentlemen's relish. <laughs> England, <laughs> probably, yes. Yeah. Um, so there are three main types of truck truck drivers. Uh, the first being owner operators, uh-huh. aka OOs, nicknamed double stuffs. <laughs> I think because of like Oreos. Oreo, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a fan of that at all. <laughs> oh, not get even ready. a little bit. <laughs> My Buckle mom would just in pop for... me in the back with the double <laughs> stuff. The OOs. Well, they weren't owner operators. I'm they kidding. would be company drivers. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Oh, it was yeah. a joke. Right. <laughs> sit back. You sit back and listen. So double stuff. And I are like, you are missing the point here. <laughs> These people own the trucks that they drive, and they can lease out their trucks to companies to haul stuff or work as like self-employed independent contractors. So they own those trucks, and Got it. um. Sometimes they lease their trucks from a company and then pay it off over time so they can own it. Um, Also, we have company drivers. They drive trucks that are owned by the company that they're hauling goods for. Or children. Don't, Uh can't cab drivers do a similar thing as the owner-operator thing where they can pay off their cab? 
Yeah, yep. they own their okay. own cab and they they pay for a medallion, basically. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. right, right, right. And then we have independent owner operators that um, own the company that provide the goods that they're hauling. So these are mm-hmm. like smaller fleets of trucks. Mm-hmm. So like if someone in Dallas, you know, ordered 10,000 fucking patriarchy tank tops and Do I owned a truck, then I yeah. would drive my own goods from my own company in my own truck to deliver it. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, Can there, you please do that? Please order 10,000 fucking Anyone. tank tops. Someone. I just did Anyone. my financial planning for the year, <laughs> and I'm banking on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, um, I do have, we have a question, though, that's relevant. Um, okay. Those trucks that ha- are, like, really bedazzled... You know, where they yes. have, like, the the naked lady mud flaps and the mm-hmm. God is listening rainbow painting, And sometimes so much glitter. Inexplicably yeah. so much glitter. Mm-hmm. Like the trucks in um, the movie Maximum Overdrive, which is the scariest movie I've ever seen. I guess. I, with I Emilio Estevez. Oh, I don't know. No? Emilio! <laughs> Mighty Ducks! I've not seen it. Um, I it's know. horrifying. But, yeah, are those um, probably o- double stuffs? Probably, yeah. Because they can decorate? That makes so much more sense. Okay. I think so. But I also don't know if you have to buy a truck with the glitter already on it. Like, if that's part of how they make that cab. I mean, you can have the cab redone. Just like any car. But as far as, like, the naked ladies, I can't imagine a company putting those on their own trucks or allowing right. somebody to put it on a truck that they owned. Right. I mean, we'd probably be surprised at what companies will allow on their vehicles. There's, like, a – I don't remember what company it was, but there's a company, I think, in Minnesota that's locally operated that not only allows but encourages, like, very right-leaning political bumper stickers and shit on their company vehicles. Mm. And uh, I feel like I heard a... It's probably a rumor, and maybe I just totally made it up, and maybe I heard it from someone. Who knows? You probably dropped it. (laughs) But that an employee actually got fired for trying to remove one of the political bumper stickers from a company vehicle. Shit. Mm. I just feel like that's bad business practice it's to put that on your car. Yeah. Is it bad business practice to, to broadcast your political views and alienate 50% We're of the We're different. <laughs> it's not 50%. I refuse to believe it's 50%. 38%. I can't live in a world. Thank you. That's better. Okay. I'll take. <clears throat> I don't know that for sure to answer your question, and I have no idea what Amanda's talking about, so we're going to move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty um, typical. So you've got regional drivers who uh, just kind of stay in their area, usually within their state, and then they are not gone for a long period of time. They're usually home every night or every other night. Mm-hmm. And then you have interstate drivers, a.k.a. long-haul drivers. Mm-hmm. Got it. And you also have team drivers, which are often husband and wife duos, or Yo, husband, husband, wife, wife. Nice. Or ambiguous. Or neither, or both. Yeah. yeah. Or gender fluid, so, gender fluid, or gender fluid husband, or gender fluid wife, or... We really don't need to cover every single available base, but they're, <laughs> let's they're just duos. This, they're let's team drivers. Let's keep this truck rolling. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, there are a lot of rules and regulations surrounding truck drivers, and specifically, like, how long they can drive for. Uh, and how little like, wine they're allowed to drink. Mm. Kind of like pilots. Yeah. 
Um, they are regulated by the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. So a couple of their rules include that they must keep 24-hour log books and log, like, how many miles they've gone, how much they have rested mm-hmm. and wow. slept, et cetera. Are these just, like, handwritten? Because couldn't you fabricate? Obviously, the mileage is going to be on your odometer, but you could fabricate a lot of the other stuff, couldn't you? I probably could, but, like, if you were, if a truck driver were to get pulled over, they have to hand over their logbook to an officer. Oh, okay. So they, it, they could really be asked for it at any moment. Okay, so it's not in their best interest, obviously, to be doing that. And yeah. I know that and these companies and the police do definitely pay attention to that mileage. So if a truck driver yeah. arrives way too soon... For them to have stuck to the sleep regulations and also the speed oh, limits, okay. then it's not good. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was like, I think it's kind of a new rule, and I think that it might have something to do with um, the use of amphetamines that's pretty yes. prevalent among people with this kind of occupation. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, Big time. So commercial motor vehicle or CMV drivers, so like these truck drivers we're talking about, are limited to 11 cumulative hours driving in a 14-hour period, followed by a rest period of no less than 10 consecutive hours. Okay. Okay. So if, if they're driving 14 hours, like, you know... Morning to night, yep. then they have to rest for three of those hours, and then they have to sleep or, you know, rest a full 10 hours until yep. they can do it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, drivers employed by carriers in, quote, daily operation may not work more than 70 hours within any period of eight eight consecutive days. Okay. So that's so like local truck drivers who stay within, you know, like the tri the Twin Cities area. Yeah, it's P- it's ones who drive like every day. Yeah. I think, Instead yeah. of these long haul drivers. Oh, okay. They they earn time off. I think it was I think I'll get to this down in my notes, but it's um for every week that long haul drivers are on the road, they earn one day off at home. Only one day per week? Yeah. That's one of the problems. We'll, we're we're going to get down to the problems with this whole mm-hmm. industry. Oh, okay, sorry. I'll shut up now. Well, I mean, I won't, but I'll stop asking questions. I mean, I won't, but keep going. Um, Just to open your, widen your horizons of all these kinds of trucks there are out there, there are um, types of jobs with specialized types of trailers. So especially living in the Midwest among all of these highways. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've seen all of these kinds of of cars, of trucks, Uh I mean. So... Dry vans is just like your typical semi-truck, like 18-wheeler. Um, auto haulers are the scary ones that yes, look like that the fucking like truck's going to fall cars. off the back. Yes, I always think the final destination, you guys. Yeah, yep, the, those are the scary, scary ones. to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I really like this one. Dry bulk pneumatic. Ooh. And it's called as such because they carry stuff like sand or salt, and they oh. used spe- they use specialized trailers that use pressurized air to unload them. Mm. Cool. And a nickname for those kinds of trucks are called Flow Boys or mm. Ahem Flow Girls. Excuse me. <laughs> or Flow Them. Flow Them. Flow, flow They Them. <laughs> Correct. Flow. Um, flow. Flat, flat beds. You know, mm-hmm. just a flat trailer. Um, something called reefer drivers. Yeah, refrigerated know why. trucks. 
Yeah, temperature sensitive good. I used to truck. have to drive a little one of those when I was working for a catering company. Oh, we had our own reefer truck. Oh yeah. my god, why but was it, was it called s- that? I don't. I didn't know. Reefer refrigerator reefer. Oh, like refrigerated reefer. truck. Yeah, and ours was only a ten foot, so I didn't need a special license for it. But I used to drive the reefer all the time. Oh my cool. god. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm basically a long haul trucker. You guys. I used basically. to smoke the large reefer all the time. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> Our definitions of reefer has changed throughout the years. Yeah. Um, speaking of Large Marge, one of the scariest <laughs> moments in any movie is that Pee Wee's yes. Big Adventure, a Large Marge moment. Oh, my it's God. It's so good. It's I so have scary. no recollection. I'll Google what? it. I'll yeah, Google we'll it during you your case and put it in the drive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> On par. Yeah. <laughs> Um, tanker drivers, a.k.a. tanker yankers. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, they haul those big tanks with, like, you know, fuel and stuff. And also, quick anecdote, when I first moved to Iowa, I was riding with uh, my boyfriend at the time, and we were passing one, and I guess I hadn't, I was, like, looking at it because there were all these, like, new and interesting types of trucks on these <laughs> Iowa highways. <laughs> and I was... And it had, like, streaks coming down from the top, like, brownish streaks. And I kind of just wanted to see if it was, like, flammable. And as we passed it on the side, it said really huge in big letters, pork plasma. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I'm vegetarian now. Uh Would a cement truck be considered a tanker yanker? Um, I think so. Probably, yeah. Those things are cray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, yes, it would. Anything with like a lot of uh, liquid mm-hmm. in it. Got it. I saw a cement truck get stuck uh, and stop spinning <laughs> once. Oh no! And, oh no! That's and, not good. And the driver had to base. It was here in South Africa, like two blocks from my house. And the driver had to like jump out of the truck. Just stopped in the middle of the road. And jumped out of the truck and like yanked something and got just it spinning again. Just stirring yeah. by hand. Because then it'll just dry yeah. in there. Right. That's oh, why yeah. they spin. It, correct. Ooh. He literally just stopped this truck in the middle of the road. And, and like <laughs> went out and yanked it and then it started going again and then he got back in the cab and drove away. You have to be oh very strong God. to be a truck driver, I think, because mm-hmm. a lot of the maintenance will happen like all of a sudden and you'll be on the side of a freeway in the middle sure. of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like you have to know how your truck works and how to fix it. It's yeah. a profession. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, they don't let just any old Yahoo. Oh, fuck no. We could mm-hmm. never qualify to be truck drivers okay. in a million years. <laughs> what Speaking if we were of... team drivers, though? That'd be oh, fun. Oh, no. Kenyon has an anecdote. <laughs> I have an anecdote. Um, <laughs> so in middle school, remember when we had to do family and consumer sciences? Yes. Absolutely. Facts. Facts, which Facts. for everyone who isn't an elderly millennial it's is... Homec. Yeah. Um so we were given, there was like this pr- budget project where you had to like plan your finances for the year or something with like a fake job and a fake income. Mm-hmm. And you just pulled a job and an associated income out of a hat, basically. And mm-hmm. my job was a long haul truck driver. And the Incredible. In- <laughs> and the income was really good and my expenses were like nothing um, because. Well, that was a random income though, too. No, no, no. The income was attached to the mm-hmm. occupation. 
So it was like lawyer, blah, 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 teacher, blah, blah, blah. But like probably what they would make on average. Mm -hmm. We'll get to payment in a little bit. I just remember the payment being really good and I had like all this extra cash and everyone else, like the lawyer friends and everything, everybody was like struggling. But I was like, I don't have a mortgage. I don't even have to really pay rent anywhere. I'm going to buy a sailboat. Like I live <laughs> out of my rig. Yeah. <laughs> Kenyon has it all planned out. So for the rest of my segment, let's just imagine Kenyon in these various situations. Okay. Uh, It'll yes. be hilarious. Okay. I am there. Um, the last type of truck is a bull rack, which is like a livestock truck, one of which flipped over just north of Des Moines a few days ago, and like oh, a no. bunch of pigs died and a bunch oh, got loose on the no, highway, no. and they had to like corral them. That's Did they use the rest for their plasma? Ugh. Probably. It's just the plasma truck just rolls up to scrape these pigs <laughs> off the side of the road. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hank. Hey, Kenyon. Nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Kenyon, again? <laughs> Hey, I'm doing great. It's your fifth accident this week. I got a ton of savings. (laughs) Okay, so we've got a bunch of slang. As you guys know, there's a lot of slang that people say over, like, the CB radio and whatever. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, So some trucker slang for you. So we've got some cities with slang. Milwaukee is beer town. Mm -hmm. San Francisco is gay bay. (laughs) Oh, my God. Politically correct. Dallas is the big D. Tight. Louisville, Derby City, Boston, Bean Town. A lot yep. of them align with like the regular slang that yeah. we use. New York, Us the big truckers. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, so then they have slang for like just to communicate with other truckers about like, you know, what's what's up ahead or whatever. Mm. So we've got um Antler Alley is lots of deer. An mm. alligator is a blown tire in the road. A oh. bear a bear in the air is helicopter police. Oh. A we bear, got a bear tra- in the air. A bear trap is is a cop with like radar. Okay. Like a speed trap. Yeah, mm-hmm. speed trap. Um, if you ask someone to shake the bushes, that means to drive ahead and look for cops, look for bear traps. Oh wow. So do the cops regularly pull over these these big rigs? Yeah. Sounds like it. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're just held to such tighter restrictions. Right. Also, um, in, like, way stations, those yeah. trucks are required to pull over and make sure that they're not carrying over a certain weight, mm-hmm. which we'll also get to. Uh, let's see. A pickle park <laughs> is a rest area. <laughs> oh, my God, ick. Oh, we all know where that came from. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A suicide jockey is a driver hauling gasoline or dynamite. Oh, my God. I don't think I would ever want to do that. Driving by Braille is using the bump strip to guide you. I assume like if it's dark. (laughs) Driving by Braille. Oh, oh (laughs) my God. Oh, that's that's not good. That would be me. Kenyon as a long-haul driver. Driving by Braille. Yeah, you've got one functioning eye. I would never give you a CDL. (laughs) Ever. Oh, my God, yes. A, a coffin dodger is an old person driving too slow. Oh, my God, I'm stealing that. Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. I love that so much. Evil Knievel is a motorcycle cop. Mm-hmm. Mm. A double nickel is 55 miles an hour. Mm. Uh, we got, you know, the 10-4 is okay. Mm-hmm. 1020 mm-hmm. is location. 1036 is asking what's the correct time. Mm. 
and oh. a 10 100 as a bathroom break. Okay. All right. And there's also two that I came across that are like way fucking longer than they needed to be, but they're also kind of funny, so I'm going to share them with you. Okay. So, by if someone says keep the shiny side up and the rubber side down, that mm-hmm. just means drive safely. Okay, that one makes okay. sense. Yeah, stay yep. upright. Yeah. <laughs> we say this to Kenyon every time she gets behind the wheel. <laughs> shiny, the shiny side, side up. up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, this one doesn't make sense. So if someone says there's a drop top in the hammer lane with a seat cover heading for the owl. I want to try God. and guess what that means. Okay, yeah, okay. guess what that means. drop top where a, in the hammer there's a, lane? There's a drop top. In the hammer lane with a seat cover heading for the owl. Heading for the owl. The owl part is throwing me. Well, is it something well, what about do you a think convertible? It it's something about a convertible. And it's Drop in, top. The, in the is, what lane? The it's hammer lane. Hammer, hammer lane. The hammer like lane, if, so the speed, the left lane, the yep. high speed lane. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Heading for the OWL. Uh, owl. Ha- uh, hammer Lane with a seat cover. With a heading seat cover. for the owl. I got nothing on that part. Yeah, I, I can't get the second half, but I got okay. the first half. Mm-hmm. So it means there's a convertible in the fast lane with a female passenger with big boobs. Oh what? my god! Owl <laughs> as in Hooters. Oh. Seat What's cover that? as in a woman. Someone covering a seat, <laughs> sitting in a seat. Yeah. Doing nothing but sitting on a seat. What? That's oh, my God. It's pretty I'm misogynist, terrible. but I thought you guys would enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, I did. Thank you. You were right. I did. Heading for the owl. Heading for the owl. Okay. Um, so some problems with, with the industry. Uh, unpaid work time, such as when the truck is being unloaded, that can take hours, and often it does not count towards... You know, the hours that you're driving. That's That's bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. Well, they're trying to, like, make things better and figure it out. But also, the truckers are paid. You can be paid hourly. You can be paid by the mile. Or you can be paid by the job. Mm. So depending on the company that you work for, how your compensation works varies. Okay. So if you're paid by the job, then it counts. Presumably. If you're paid by the job, then it sucks to work there and let you wait for your load to get unloaded because you're not being paid by the hour. You're mm. just sitting there yeah, wasting it's like time. Salary. Yeah. yeah. And they can probably pay. There are ways that they can scam you out of okay. you know, proper yeah. compensation. But I'm if sure. you're paid by the hour, then you then the hours of it being unloaded do count or it depends. It probably depends. Okay. I mean, either way, it's. It's a waste of time. So no matter how you look at it, it's it sucks yeah. if it takes like eight hours to unload your truck. Right. Um, retention rates for truck drivers are falling. We're not they're not getting any new drivers, and yeah. um, there is currently approximately a short of shortage of a hundred and fifteen thousand drivers. That's wow. an estimate. Wow. Every fucking truck I feel like I drive by on like 35 has that bumper sticker that's like we're hiring drivers. Yeah. yeah. And like, long long haul drivers like probably like that are dropping like flies. Um, yeah. I read that in the fourth quarter of 2005, turnover within the largest carriers in the industry reached a record 136 percent. Holy which, shit. 
which meant that a carrier that employed 100 drivers that year would lose an average of 136 drivers in the same That's year. That's crazy. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Well, so they people are looking for work, flag. and you have better vision than me. Yeah. <laughs> But obviously, um, just, there must be massive issues in this industry if it's so hard to retain and get new employees. Yeah. Well, for one thing, you have to be 21 years old. Mm-hmm. So uh, if a person is, you know, not very skilled and they need to get a job and they're just out of high school, presumably that's three years before they can even start training. So they'll probably just find fucking something else to do. True. Right. Right. Um, also, it just has kind of a bad image. There's long hours away from home. It's relatively low pay. And um, a lot of these carrier uh, companies have like a driver last mentality. So they only care about the materials getting there right. safely and on time. They don't give a fuck about the driver. Right. Yeah. Right. So this is just generally speaking. Um, so what we were saying earlier, large company drivers are away from home on average six weeks at a time. Whoa. That's just an average. That's so much. It yeah. could be one week. It could be four months. Wow. Okay, um, so, so that's just, oh, yeah. And each week gets them one day off, which I agree with you. That sounds pretty shitty. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, you're, you're gone for six weeks, and you do, you get basically a week off. Not even like, a week a off. A day. Oh, well, well yeah, six if days. It's business, yeah, it depends on, and yeah, they probably don't adhere to the same, like, Monday through Friday no. operating hours. Oh, definitely not, not. They should at least get two days off for every a week. Week because then it's so like, that you could do several yeah. months. You know, do like three months on the road and then yeah. take a hiatus to be with your family. You know, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Considering that they don't get holidays or weekends, you'd think right. that there could be some better compensation for time yeah. off. Um, and those sleeper berths that I mentioned where I built my forts and read <laughs> Disney adventures, <laughs> uh-huh. um, they can, su- so the one that I remember, it was like a full bed. It was like a twin sized bed and it had like a thick, uh, blackout curtains that you could button up. So you could be sleeping in the middle of the day and it'd be pitch black in there, which is why it was super fun to build forts. Yeah. Nice. That sounds yeah, awesome. Super easy to hide a child. <laughs> yeah. And Yeah. To traffic. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember you that being like. been sold. I mean, I wasn't. I never would have met you. It was How much better your met. life would have been. Scott would be on this podcast. Yeah. Would be Scott, you, Amanda, and Scott. Scott's like ruining the day. He's just shaking his fist in the air. Could have been me. Wiping been his me. brow in relief. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that sleeper berth that I remember was about the size of a twin size bed, but they're sometimes as small as thirty six inches long because any what? extra, any extra shit that they're carrying counts against how much stuff they can haul when they have yeah. to pull into those weigh stations. The weight, yeah. So they're trying to to carry as little stuff as possible. So but thirty six inches long, couldn't sh- you couldn't even really lie down? No, yeah, it's correct. just like a chair, like basically. Scrunched. Yeah. Ugh. Um, that's probably why they told me I couldn't ride with them anymore after I turned eight. Oh, my <laughs> I God. I weighed too much. <laughs> <laughs> this is unbelievable. I am so freaked out. I am like, my palms are sweaty thinking about it. 
Yeah. It was great. I hate, I hate it. Okay. I was also young enough to not realize that that wasn't what normal people <laughs> Yeah, that that wasn't completely normal. Yeah. yeah. Right. Don't, don't your like, parents stick you in a big rig for hours on end? With a ship you to another Rob. state? Yeah. <laughs> we got Dairy Queen. Okay, didn't you, didn't I have just a little bit more. Sometimes drive with trucks. My mom used to drive them. Yeah, and yeah, I'm sure my grandma drove them. It was like a family business. My mom drove the potato chip truck around Waterloo, the old Dutch truck. My grandpa worked at a potato chip factory when he was young. Did he have a CDL? I don't even think you had to have a driver's license back then. I think you just turned. <laughs> 18 and we're given a just permit. feed the horses give them yeah. a little slap on the <laughs> yeah, ass and off say, you go you don't need a driver's license for a horse drawn chip <laughs> cart yeah. he was more like okay. hauling sacks of potatoes I have just a little bit left um, <laughs> truck drivers are five times more likely to die in a work related accident than the mm. average worker Wow. So, like, what we were talking about, how if your truck breaks down, you pull over to the side of the road and you fucking fix it yourself. It's so fucking dangerous. So if it's you're unbelievable. On, it's middle unbelievable. of the night. Yeah. yeah. In the middle of the night, um, they have to, like, put up cones and they have special lights on their truck to, like, super light it up. I mean, the, the nicer trucks do. Certainly right. not all of them. Right. And oftentimes you have to climb up to the top of the truck <gasps> so you could easily fall. You can easily get hit by a car. Yeah. It's really dangerous. Uh, in 2009, truck drivers accounted for 16.8% of all transportation-related deaths. Good. Whoa. So I don't think that's, like, highway, like, motor vehicle deaths. I'm not really sure what transportation-related deaths. Like it. I feel like that would fall under all of that, anything yeah. happening on the train, road. Bus, car, car train, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, highway accidents account for the majority of these, and it's... Uh, it's like half and half whether it's caused by another driver or caused by an error on the truck driver's part. I mean, I'm sure. Because people fucking get so, and I am one of them, impatient about like passing trucks and things yeah. like that. And they don't and understand how massive their blind spot is. Yeah, engage in some pretty dangerous shit. Even when I'm pissed and I really want to like speed and pass a truck, I'm still very wary to do so because... Like mm -hmm. you said, their blind spot is huge. A strong wind can fuck up their, like, balance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, it's yeah. like, you don't want to fuck with that shit. Mm -hmm. um, so I have two, two quotes from, like, reputable sources, but they're not exactly lining up. So I'm just going to read both of them, and we're going to split the difference. Love it. <laughs> yep. Um, so this is from the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, says the unsafe actions of automobile automobile drivers are a contributing factor in about 70% of the fatal crashes involving trucks. Okay. More public awareness of how to share the road safely with large trucks is needed. Okay. And so then my other quote... And my other quote is, passenger cars and trucks are about evenly split between who is at fault in accidents. The mm. top six driver factors are essentially also the same and in approximately equivalent percentages. So those factors are prescription drug use, mm -hmm. over-the-counter drug use, mm. um, unfamiliarity with the road, speeding, making illegal maneuvers, and inadequate surveillance. So mm -hmm. everything you would expect. Yeah. So, makes well, sense. It's if you're a truck driver, yeah. <laughs> don't talk space and drive. No. However, 
when you're pulled your over rest. at what is it a, a pickle pickle yeah, park at a depot, pickle park, pickle park. <laughs> whip out your tax base app instead of your pickle <laughs> <laughs> or you know you do you i mean or both sure you um, do you, you but use protection because okay. you're at a truck stop so what is talk space Talkspace is an online therapy company that lets you communicate with a licensed therapist um, over your phone. At yeah. any Basically time, 24/7. from anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without mm-hmm. any undergarments or overgarments. Mm-hmm. Mm. Pickle out. Yeah. Pickle out for Talkspace. Pickle out, pickle in, <laughs> no pickle, two pickles. I've never used Talkspace pickle in, but you know. Pickle in. Anyway. Oh, oh, I get it. I was like, in your pants? Oh, wait. We don't have pickles. I get it now. It's, I'm, uh, I've had two glasses of wine. Kenyon's it's very it's tired. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay. But so. Talkspace is amazing. And like Lucy said, it's all through an app on your phone. So any smartphone device is equipped to operate Talkspace. You can text. You can call. You can video chat. You can exchange voice memos. Or what Kenyon liked to do, she would text and then request a voice memo in return from her therapist to go over all the talking points on uh, their conversation. It's awesome. It keeps everything confidential and saved within the app. So, like, my regular text messaging, I have delete after 30 days just so it doesn't take up space on my phone. But through this app, it saves all communication that I've had with my therapist since starting. That's my favorite part. Yeah, so you can go back and kind of like reassess and reevaluate and just revisit some things that maybe you've talked about with your therapist. They also do send um, evaluations every few months that just uh, keep Talkspace and your therapist updated on your progress as you go and kind of help uh, pair you with the right services. Mm -hmm. So they offer all kinds of different services for generalized anxiety disorder, which is what I have. Um, folks struggling with depression, folks struggling um, with uh, drug and alcohol abuse recovery, things like that. Um, there's probably a Talkspace therapist that is suited for your specific needs. So check mm-hmm. it out. Yeah. And we all lead busy lives and sometimes it can feel impossible to schedule an in-person therapy appointment and get in the car and fight through traffic and make it to that appointment on time and get mm-hmm. everything out that you need to get out in that session allotted time and then get home. So Talkspace mm-hmm. is really designed for modern life, and that's why we love it. Um, so for $30 off your first month, go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals. That's Talkspace.com forward slash G-A-L-S. And treat your brain. Treat, treat it. Treat your pickle. Yep. And Kenyon has said this before, but I think it's such a great sentiment. You don't have to <laughs> wait until you're in crisis to start therapy. There's no. It's always the right time to start. Yeah, and yes. it's just good to have a sounding board. So yeah, and sometimes you. you can be talking about something that doesn't even seem that important, and through talking about it and processing it, you'll realize that actually it does touch on something very important, or it's a symptom of a larger thing that is really mm-hmm. important. So mm-hmm. therapy is just always it always helps. It's always useful. Um, okay, you're definitely going to need it after my case. Um, uh, always, 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 by the way, fucking always. I put a picture of Large Marge on the drive. Ooh. All right, let's go look at that now before we're... <laughs> oh, it's not a it's palate lar- cleanser. It is not. Large Marge <laughs> is not a palate cleanser. It's Large Marge as a normal actor, you know, in the movie, and then also side by side with her scary 
claymation buggy eyes yes. and scary mouth. I love it so much. Oh, jeez. So okay. Oh, gal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, crud. Oh, crap. <laughs> it's horrifying. Okay. So, <clears throat> on January 20th, 1990. I already well, hate it. Lucy's three-year-old <gasps> self clung Was for a- life <laughs> in the back of To a, a mud flap <laughs> of a beer transport long-haul truck. I was literally just reading Disney Adventures and not speaking to Don or Ron. I was very yeah. shy. I was yeah, just making forts quietly. Our version of events is the version we're going with. <laughs> oh, Sorry okay. about it. That's why you were so pale. You spent all your time in Never those black saw the sun gapping up the truck. Yeah. Your sunken eyes. <laughs> Our little lurch at. <laughs> okay. I was perfect. On January 20th, 1990, getting sad now, the body of 23-year-old Oregonian woman uh, was discovered by a bicyclist. The woman, soon identified as Tanja Bennett, uh, had been Mm -hmm. badly beaten. Oh, sorry, probably Tanya, but spelled strangely now that I'm looking at it. I was going to say Tanja. I'm guessing Tanya, but it's spelled T-A-U-N-J-A. If there's a J in there, it's Tanja. (laughs) Tanja. All right. I'm going to say Tanya, but I just realized that. Okay. Um, Was badly beaten uh, with a rope that had been tied around her neck. Her body was dumped on the side of a wooded highway outside of Portland. The police initially didn't have a lot of leads, but to their surprise, they soon had a confession. Oh, dear. Laverne Pavlinak, a middle-aged widowed mother of four, stepped forward, telling investigators that her longtime boyfriend, John Sosnovsky, had met Tanya at a bar on the evening of her death. As the story goes, the couple lured Tanya away from the bar... John then proceeded to, quote, sexually assault, I'm guessing rape, Tanya, mm-hmm. uh, while Laverne held a rope around the victim's neck until she died. Oh, my God. Yikes. What drives people to do shit like this? Well, uh, it's, I mean, that is the question, but still, it's yeah. so ugly. A lot of monsters in the world. It's yeah. too bad, but it's true. Yeah. During the trial, Laverne then recanted her confession claiming that she'd confessed only in order to implicate her abusive boyfriend, John, and escape his violence. So she... Wow, okay. I don't think she thought that she was going to be sent to prison. I think she was just trying to get him sent to prison because he Mm -hmm. was really, really fucking abusive. Um, Also, the year before Tanya's murder, Laverne had tried to implicate John in a bank robbery that he was not actually involved in. Um... But the FBI didn't pursue him as a suspect, so they didn't, like, fall for it. Okay. Okay. But the recanting and these other facts didn't matter. In 1991, both Laverne and John were convicted of kidnapping and murder and sentenced to life in prison. John oh, my ev- God. John eventually pleaded no contest to the charges, likely in order to avoid the death penalty. Mm-hmm. The end. Special thanks. <laughs> <laughs> First page of Google. Good you, job. You wanted a short episode. No, I'm kidding. Nailed it. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. This case is totally cray. Um, 
As Laverne and John are sitting in prison, a graffiti confession to Tanya's murder popped up in a truck stop bathroom. <gasps> oh, I know this. Yep. Whoa. Yes. Yep. Signed with an eerie, happy face drawing. Yes. Ew. This is the birthplace of emojis, you guys, the smiley face killers. Yeah. Was it like, I killed Tanya, smiley face, or whatever? I, Tanya, starring Alice and Janney with a smiley I think face. Basically, that's what it said. <laughs> I actually don't have the exact text. Yeah. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but while the murder and trial had caused a sensation in the press, no one paid any attention to some scribbles on the bathroom wall of a pickle stop. <laughs> Wait, what was it called? A pickle Pickle what? park. Pickle, pickle park. park. Damn. Okay. Almost nailed it. Um, Love it so much. Then the confessions escalated. A six-page anonymous confession letter detailing the killing was sent to the Oregonian newspaper. The Six letter... pages? Who has the time? Right. <laughs> um, That's a dissertation. Double space, though, right? It was the <laughs> 90s, so people didn't have, like, social media yet. Oh, we, right. We used to Fair have enough. a lot more time. I used to keep a diary. That's how much okay. time I had. Damn okay. diary. We know. We read it once. <laughs> we did. That's when I stopped <laughs> writing a diary. Okay. <sighs> that was not cool. Okay. I it mean, wasn't us. It was Jessica. It was Jessica and Scott. And us. I yeah. see you, Scott. Scott. Jessica's <laughs> off the hook. Um, okay. The letter was neatly printed, uh, was in neatly printed handwriting and signed with the same odd happy face symbol. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a huge leap for the press to dub the letter writer the happy face killer. Yeah. Go ahead. The poop emoji killer. <laughs> Amanda. That'll be me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the poop emoji killer. <laughs> Mine will be the exasperated girl with the hand over her face emoji killer. <laughs> Mine is the monocle emoji killer. And the poop emoji killer. And the eggplant And the upside down smile killer. killer. And the eggplant killer. And the dumpling emoji killer. <laughs> yes, Mine that's is Kenyan. the hang ten emoji killer. <laughs> yeah, she always uses that fucking emoji. It's the worst. The hang ten emoji killer. <laughs> oh, no. It. Okay. 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 So back to Tanya's <laughs> death. Okay. More happy face letters begin appearing in the mailboxes of media outlets and police departments around the country. So now mm. he's starting to get attention. Okay. Meanwhile, in secret, 35 year old long distance trucker Keith Hunter Jesperson fumed with rage. Mm. Others were taking credit for his handiwork. Bam, bam, bam. Weighing about 240 pounds and standing almost six foot eight, uh, Jesperson was a large and imposing man. He'd been born in, oh, I can't, was it Chilliwack? Chilliwack, British Columbia. Yeah. Incredible. Okay. Um, And did not have a very pleasant childhood, to say the least. Uh, Jesperson's father was an extremely violent alcoholic, as his father had been. Um, and he would beat Keith and presumably his four siblings um, with a belt often. And uh, he even once administered an electric shock to Keith as a punishment. Oh my God. Yikes. Um, Keith also might have been raped by a man or, or fellow boy, I'm not sure, by a male 
um, when he was 14. Um, and he was uh, relentlessly teased as a child for his large size, which is, like, funny because, I mean, people people are teased and bullied for all kinds of reasons and non-reasons, but mm-hmm. you don't often think of a large kid being bullied. You think of... Like mm. fat, though, or, like, I, tall and big? I think just tall and big. It never said fat or overweight. It never said... Anything like that. I think it was his height, mainly. Either way. Either, I mean, sad. it doesn't matter, but it's just right. kind of, like, you always think of, like, the the scrawny kids getting picked on or whatever. Um, but because of his height and size, he was given the nickname um, Igor or Igor. Mm-hmm. And oh um, he, al- he often got in fights, even allegedly almost killing two fellow children. Um, in separate incidents. Okay. So Jesus. He, when he got in fights, he got in like. He was all in. Fights. Yeah. To I mean, the he, death. He like knew how to beat someone because he'd been beaten. You that's know. Fucking crazy. Yeah. That's really sad. Um, he also had a predilection starting at the age of five, for torturing and killing small animals. Uh, don't Always. ever ignore that. No, it's such a red flag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this was like, when was he born? I can't do math. The 50s or 60s. So I don't think somewhere people, around there. People knew about this then, you know? It's cute that you think either of us could jump in and be like, it was immediately know day. the answer to that. I don't know. Yeah, I meow. actually don't meow. even know his birth year, so I'm like operating from like when he got married, so I have no idea. Um... <laughs> uh, still, Keith Jesperson appeared to lead a normal, average life. He graduated high school. He got married to a woman named Rose, and together they had three kids. Uh, the marriage ended when Rose began to uh, suspect that her husband was carrying on with other women. Mm-hmm. And so she took the kids and, and moved out and moved to a different town in the same state. Um but Jesperson still would visit his children whenever he was in town from his work as a long haul truck driver. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. it wasn't like he like didn't have custody or she like fled him or anything. It was just uh, you know the marriage ended. They separated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the couple officially divorced in 1990. Okay, it had been Jefferson. Jefferson's Jesperson's dream to become a quote Mountie. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> uh, part of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, but an injury uh, put a permanent end to that hope. Okay. So, so he's Canadian. Sorry. He, he is Canadian. He was born in okay. British Columbia, and then his family mostly lived in Washington State. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Um. So instead, Keith Jesperson became a truck driver, but according to him, it wasn't until after his divorce in 1990 that he realized that his profession provided him the perfect cover for his other hobbies. Oh, Duh. no. Oh, Whoa. no. I don't even want to know what these hobbies are. Mm-hmm. We already know. Because we already know uh-huh. it's killing people and animals, <laughs> and it's not good. Mm. Um, which was... Playing card games and <laughs> knitting. 
Um, <laughs> playing cross stitch and rummy and yeah. old maid <laughs> and taking care Privage. of the elderly. Yeah. Um, brewing his own beer. Yeah. <laughs> Volunteering okay. at his local animal shelter. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> but also just wait. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> on August 30th, 1992, the unidentified body of a woman who had been raped and strangled was found in Riverside County, California. Uh, Jesperson would later refer to this woman as, quote, Claudia. That's mm-hmm. all we know. One month later, the body of 32-year-old Cynthia Lynn Rose was discovered eight hours north in Turlock, California. Um, initially, police believed that Cynthia may have died of a drug overdose, but later determined that she'd been strangled. And this is actually true of another one of his victims. Police also thought another one of his victims maybe died of a drug overdose, and then they were like, oh, no way, it's murder. That seems like a really weird mix-up. Mm-hmm. Like, strangulation typically has some pretty telling signs. Right. Yeah. Well, I think they thought this because... Um, A lot of his victims, including Cynthia, sold sex at truck stops. uh, Mm. And so they engaged in survival sex work, um, which not always, but definitely can go hand in hand with uh, drug use and drug addiction. Sure. Mm -hmm. So I think before they realized... But it's like they didn't even examine these people before being like, oh, they're a sex worker, they OD'd, bye. Like, like well, forensically, pathology-wise, there are usually very strong signs of strangulation, such as stippling. That's what I'm saying. It just they seems did weird. Fi- they did figure it out, but I think it was just initially, like, when they first arrived at the scene, they were like, oh, survival sex worker, probably an OD. Okay. Yeah, making fucking assumptions, and yeah. I they don't had like it. Better yeah. things to do. Yeah, definitely making assumptions. Um... Roughly two months after Cynthia was discovered in November 1992, the body of 23-year-old Lori Ann Pentland was found in a similar condition, and Lori also had um, been selling sex at truck stops. Um, So this is how he met these women and gained access to them. He didn't know them prior. Mm -hmm. Um, Keith Jesperson would later tell police that he had engaged Lori for sex, but she quote, this is all according to him, attempted to double the fee that she was charging him and then also threatened to call the police on him. Uh, and so he strangled her to death. Good lord. But, like, mm, let's logical. just... Well, also, like, let's just keep in mind that, like, sex workers are very unlikely to call the police on clients because... Um, yeah. Right. One, they would be uh, potentially arrested and harassed by police themselves if they called the police um, mm-hmm. you can't really and they're call probably not likely to be believed by the police either right especially mm-hmm. in 1992 mm-hmm. um and especially with survival sex work which is you know the most dangerous form or can be um mm. so i very it's v- very unlikely that she would have called the police if he wasn't paying what she asked of him to pay like that doesn't happen. Uh, maybe she said she was going to call the police if he was already being violent towards her. Um, right. But it, it's, I think that it was probably his intention to kill her from the moment that she entered his truck. Mm-hmm. You know, 
whatever, and he's just making up this rest of this scenario. Um, six months later, in June 1993, the body of an unidentified transient woman was found less than an hour away from where Lori had been found. Um, Jesperson later recalled this woman's name as being, quote, either Carla or Cindy. What? Okay. Pretty different. Couldn't remember her name. Her name okay. was either Amanda or Kenyon. <laughs> God. Um, They're basically I mean, the same thing. Your mnemonics method has failed. Um, a little over a year later, in September 1994, another unidentified victim was found, this time in Florida. So most of these have been in California or Washington or Oregon. Mm-hmm. Now we're all the way on the other side of the country. Right. In January 1995, Jesperson uh, gave Angela Surbrise, or Surbreeze a ride in his truck from Spokane, Washington, to Indiana to visit her boyfriend. But when the trip had taken more than a week and they still hadn't reached Indiana, Angela grew impatient and possibly also suspicious. Um, and then Jesperson raped and strangled her. Mm. For nagging him, basically. Yikes. Jesus Christ. Um, he, this is uh, one of the worst parts. Are you ready? I mean, no, but I don't know. It. Yeah. Take a, <laughs> take a swig of your wine. It's real bad. All right. Here we go. Down the hatch. Um, he then strapped her to the underside of his truck and oh, dragged Jesus. her body in order to, quote, Grind off her face and prints. Oh my god. Yeah, that's bad. That's really bad. So, so Angela's Jeez. body would not be immediately discovered. In fact, it wouldn't even be discovered until after he basically told investigators where it was. But we'll get to that. Um and like what was left of it. Yeah. Oh my god. Two months later. We get to Keith Jesperson's final murder, that of his longtime girlfriend, Julie Ann Winningham. Ugh. He strangled Julie in March 1995 after growing paranoid that she was, quote, only interested in his money. Um, no. Well, it wasn't oh your God. winning personality, you <laughs> yeah, fuck. clearly. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Um, she didn't love me for me. For my serial With killing With all my ways. Yeah. God damn I have it. drained Just serial this glass killer of wine. Yeah, poor more. Um, but moving from unknown and often unidentifiable victims um, and also super marginalized victims um, who police likely weren't, you know, taking the deaths very seriously, especially at the time. Uh, to moving to killing a woman with whom he had a personal connection and, you know, lived in one place, was not transient, did not sell sex. Um, it, it drew more attention, and the connection between him and this murder was actually made. Like, the link was actually there. Um, and so this would prove to be his undoing. Okay. In the weeks following Julie's murder... Uh, Keith was not arrested, but he was like interrogated by police and he kind of felt like it was only a matter of time before they were going to arrest him. So uh -huh. he um, actually survived two failed suicide attempts. 
And then nice. um, he wrote a letter to his brother confessing to eight murders. Oh, my God. And then he decided to turn himself in. Wow. Okay. With the hopes that uh, this would work in his favor when it came to sentencing. So he was like, look, like they're closing in on me. And I, I um, did try to die by suicide and, and you know, survived. And so I'm just going to turn myself in and maybe they won't give me the death penalty. Okay. Um, so while in police custody, Jesperson claimed to have killed as many as 160 women. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But he later recanted, and we really only have proof for eight that I've mentioned, and that's what he confessed to his brother. So it's probably eight. Like, he probably... Where did that 160 come from? He said it while he was being held in police custody. But, like, I don't think anyone believes that figure. Because that would make him one of the most prolific serial killers in... Of all time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, After turning himself in and confessing, Keith Jesperson, otherwise known as the Happy Face Killer, was convicted Mm -hmm. of multiple murders and given four life sentences to be served consecutively. Mm -hmm. This this was across multiple trials. Um, But just because the actual killer had confessed, and this is back to Tanya's murder, the first murder... That didn't mean that Laverne and John would be immediately off the hook. Oh. So they're Uh-oh. still sitting in Forgot prison. Forgot about them. Yeah. Um, so they've served four years <clears throat> and, and some change of their life sentences, and, and then he comes forward and confesses to Tanya's murder, and he has proof that he committed Tanya's murder. I think he had items that were in her purse or something. Yeah. Um. So it was proven that he was this killer, but Laverne and John had confessed and John had wow. pled guilty. Yeah. So they're just sitting in prison and then it's kind of a slow process of vacating their convictions. And then it was like this debate of whether or not the governor should just pardon them, but a pardon is different than, a, than vacating a conviction. Right. And whatever. But eventually they were released from prison Um after being reprimanded by the judge for confessing to a murder that neither of them had anything to do with. Right. Wow. Um, Because they could have, you know, if they hadn't come forward, who knows? It's unlikely, but maybe they could have found Jesperson earlier. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Right, Um, because they wouldn't have assumed that the case was solved and then would have been continuing to... Track. Put resources into this investigation. You're right. Pretty exactly. fucked up when people do that. I mean, it is fucked up. That's I, a huge reason why false confession is such a fucking problem. And I understand her motivation to do that. Like, I understand it, but it's also doubly devastating that that was her only option. Yeah. I think, I mean, what she did was, was so extreme that she must have been suffering from some form of, for lack of a more updated term, battered women's syndrome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like uh, going as far to escape an abusive relationship as willing, being willing to willingly to entering a prison. Basically, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, well, she didn't think that she would be on the hook for it. Well, that's my interpretation. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I didn't read anything where she said that. She definitely Mm -hmm. implicated him and to try to make it as convincing as possible said she was there and witnessed it all. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she was risky. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's as extreme behavior as, you know, committing murder to try to escape an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Anyway, um, it's not right, but neither is the total lack of resources for domestic violence victims. Right. Correct. Yeah. Anyway, um, one more insane tidbit. Keith Jesperson's daughter has written a book about being the child of an infamous serial killer. In it, she reveals that while her father was never physically violent towards her or her two brothers, I don't believe, he also didn't live at home with them, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, she or He did revel in sharing inappropriate and graphic details about his sex life with her, Ooh. which, like, from a young age. Gross. And um, he also, get ready, maybe you need another swig of wine. Last sentence. Here we go. He also tortured and murdered kittens in front of his daughter on one occasion. Why? Oh, no. So he's just. He sucks. He really does. He sucks a big, fat fatty. Is he dead yet? He's in prison. He's serving four consecutive life sentences. I don't think he's dead. No. Woof. Yet. I hate this guy. Yeah, and I hate it's a, him for many reasons. And just to preface or preface postface whatever. Postface. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Awful. Um, this is a super famous case, and there are a lot of details, and I I did not have time to get into all of the details, but I tried to give the best overview I could in the time that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a ton on this case and like yeah. the whole happy face killer, like crime ring, conspiracy theories and all kinds of shit. There's so mm-hmm. much. And he has given interviews from prison. I couldn't even get into those. So fuck that guy. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. yeah. Nice work. Thank Good you. job. Yeah. Yes. Thank you <laughs> for sharing. Yeah. Good job at getting me pretty loaded in the first half of this episode. <laughs> there it is. Just to cope with your story. Pretty fucking mm. bummed. Yep. Uh, yep. Pretty okay. fucking bummed. And now, a word from our sponsor. Mm. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar. But what does that mean? Our bars are made with 100% whole ingredients, and they want to be transparent and upfront with their customers, which is why they label the core ingredients like egg whites, dates, and nuts on the front of the packaging, and the ingredients that make up texture and taste on the back, like 100% real cacao, coconut, and Mm. beyond. Mm. Um, Beyond being a go-to snack that checks off a number of nutritional boxes, RX bars actually taste delicious. Yes, they really do. Mm -hmm. RX bars come in 11 delicious flavor varieties, and as of May 14th, which has come and gone, so these are available now, Mm -hmm. there are three new flavors, mango pineapple, yum, peanut Mm. butter and berries, yum, Yum. and chocolate hazelnut, yum. Triple yum. <laughs> also, starting May 29th, RX Bar introduces RX Nut Butter. Quadruple yum. 
Quadruple yum. <laughs> Made with the same core ingredients as RX Bar protein bars, the new nut butters include a base of nuts, so like peanuts or almonds, mm-hmm. um, egg whites, and dates. Available in honey, cinnamon, peanut butter, peanut butter, and vanilla almond butter. Mmm. Mmm, yum. So, whether you like sweet or savory, I like both. Um, chocolate or fruit lift flavors, I like both. Uh, mm-hmm. There is an RX bar for you. <laughs> Um, so RX bars are gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free, and I'm all about that life. Um, mm-hmm. There are no artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, fillers, um, and RX bars are really great for a number of different occasions. So it can be breakfast on the go when you're like running late, you've you know got a lot on your plate, whatever. Uh, they can be a snack at the office for that like 10 a.m. like. Hunger, pain, craving, yeah, Yeah, get me through my inbox. Um, You can throw them in uh, your bag for on the plane, which I have definitely done and has Mm -hmm. saved me. Uh, You can toss in your backpack after a bike ride. Never done that. No idea what a bike ride entails. Um, (laughs) Or a hike. Also very rare in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. Or for a pre- or post-workout snack. Or for binging Vanderpump Rules on Hulu. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I literally was watching Vanderpump Rules the other day and mm-hmm. eating a coconut RX bar. I sh- kid you not. Yum. <laughs> um, the coconut one is my favorite. It's like coconut and chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just, it's really, there's a lot of good flavors. It's kind of nutty. It's kind of earthy. And then you get that hit of sweet coconut. It's like ultimate. I also love the chocolate sea salt one. I know Amanda. Yeah. So me up good. On this. I love that That's one. Like, it tastes like a brownie. Yeah. It really does. They're like, yeah. they're very chewy. They're nice and dense. They're super filling. And if you they're have also one for like breakfast, moist. Oh, mm-hmm. so yeah, they're moist. It's mm-hmm. like one of the best. And like, I was not really a big fan of protein bars just because mm-hmm. you know a lot of them are really gritty and kind of gross. But these are not like that. They they no. taste like brownies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without like all the guilt of a brownie, yeah. like or Correct. or a candy bar. Like it's mm-hmm. amazing feel like you're moving your energy forward instead of just like crushing it under a bunch of sugar and butter. Yeah. Accurate. Right. <laughs> um, so for 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com forward slash gals and enter promo code gals at checkout. Again, that's rxbar.com forward slash G-A-L-S and enter promo code G-A-L-S at checkout. And for a limited time, every order will receive uh, free samples and this free sample offer ends June 30th. So head on over. Mm. And now a word from our other sponsor. So we have been loving our subscriptions with HelloFresh so much. And now from the same brilliant minds comes Green Chef, which is the first USDA certified organic meal kit delivery service that includes everything you need to cook delicious gourmet meals that you can feel good about. And we are so psyched to now be trying both of these services, both Mm -hmm. HelloFresh and Green Chef. Yeah, absolutely. So Green Chef thinks dinner should be planned around your life, not the other way around, which (laughs) is helpful. 
Green Chef sends premium organic ingredients and imaginative new recipes every week right to your door. Mm -hmm. um, meal plans include options for paleo diets, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, and then also omnivore and carnivore. So really whatever meal diet mm -hmm. plan that you are currently mm -hmm. living, they've got it. My diabetic ass is all about that keto plan. Like, bring <laughs> it on. Yes. Thank you, Credonia. I have ordered the gluten-free plan, mm -hmm. which is, like, so saving good. me. I love it. Um, diverse array of recipes are available, and these range from global cuisines to classic comfort foods, and all of these have a signature green chef touch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And let me just say, I recently made the Southern Blackened Tofu kit, mm. and it was so good. I was a little bit hesitant to try tofu just because I've prepared it before. I've tried to, like, you know, make it crispy and make it mm. flavorful, and it never really worked for me doing it on my own. But with this kit, mm -hmm. well, for one thing, it taught me to marinate it. Go figure. Mm, correct, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. like fry it properly mm -hmm. and it comes with like black beans and uh corn and rice and a little side salad with like a beautiful Yum. vinaigrette it was a complete meal it was so filling there was so much protein it was yeah. super delicious so highly recommend that one mm -hmm. um so you can get 50 dollars off your first box of green chef in, by going to greenchef.us uh forward slash gals so just know that that's .us, not .com. So greenchef.us forward slash gals for $50 off your first box of Green Chef. That's a crazy deal, you guys. That's amazing. Yep. So really you can enjoy HelloFresh and Green Chef and you basically yep. never have to go to the grocery store again and it's amazing. Never need to put amazing. on pants. No pants! This with Talkspace is beautiful. Yeah. This is the life <laughs> I have always wanted to live. Never it's all happening. House. <laughs> it's finally all happening. So do it. Treat your gut. It's mm. amazing. Always. Treat your dietary needs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Got there. She did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> all right. Are we ready for more gore and tragedy? Yeah. That's Should what I refill about. my wine? Woo! Hooray! Yeah. <clears throat> Neighbors and coworkers knew Wayne Adam Ford as a handsome, clean-cut trucker mm. and a hard worker who always kept his rig impeccably clean during those long hauls. Gotta get He's rid of crazy. the evidence. Yep. <laughs> yup. All often smelled like bleach. <laughs> what a neat freak. Immaculately clean. Mm -hmm. Impeccably clean. Suspiciously clean. <laughs> Roll suspicious. Not I do not a trust. Light would pick up on anything. I don't trust a clean car or apartment. Now. <laughs> his friends and coworkers knew him as a polite former military man who was haunted by the fact that his ex-wife wouldn't let him see his then three-year-old son who lived with her in Las Vegas. I wonder so why. So he was just a troubled... He was a troubled family man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Wayne had a dark secret. Mm. Naturally. Quote, he was clean cut. He always kept his truck clean. Now we know why. Oh, my yep. God. Nailed it. <laughs> I was joking. Dennis <laughs> Keene, his boss at Edeline or Edeline Enterprises in Arcata, California, said in a 1998 interview, all indications were he loved his job. Then look what he was 
God Almighty. No. Oh, no. Neighbors from his mobile home in Arcata on the northern California coast said Ford was handsome and affable, always quick to share cigarettes and a joke. Mm. Amber, did you get my smokes? Oh, no. (laughs) Don't listen to her. She lives two trailers over. (laughs) Oh, no. It's not Uh, enough to just be able to chit-chat with people and lend them a cigarette here and there. No. It doesn't make you a good guy. No. This quote is my favorite because it's such a Loretta line. I thought he was good looking. I never had time to flirt with him. <laughs> Quote from neighbor Shelly McEwen. Yes. <laughs> Shelly. Catch us it. in your mouth. I'll give you a treat. I got some. I never I had got time some. to flirt with him. Oh. <laughs> Think they heard us? Okay. <laughs> Think they heard us. On November 4th, 1998, Wayne Adam Ford walked into the sheriff's station in Northern California and pulled from his pocket a Ziploc bag with a severed breast <gasps> inside it. Oh, oh, no. And admitted to killing four women. I, what? It, oh. I. Admittedly, I saw this and went, that's just like Lucy with her cheeseburgers that she always kept in her pocket. And this is why I'm <laughs> picking this case. They Lucy. were like little flat breasts. She would I always suppose. order two <laughs> little single cheeseburgers from yeah, McDonald's, McDonald's, eat it one right away. It was a number two. It was the all-American meal. Mm-hmm. Fries, two burgers, and a Coke. And I'd save a burger for later. Sue me. Why is this a shit on Lucy episode? <laughs> it's not. I just love your quirks. And this Ziploc She'd breast reminded me of you. Yeah. Lying on <laughs> Severed breath in a movie theater. You should be very honored that I thought of you when picking this case. (laughs) The Ziploc breast reminded me of you. Get over it. I kind of want a cheeseburger now. I kind of want an ice cold cheeseburger now. I know. It does sound good. (laughs) I want a Ziploc breast. But anyway, I have a chicken breast in my freezer. It's kind of the same thing. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sheriff Dennis Lewis said Ford walked into his department said he, quote, had some evidence and pulled out the baggied breast. Oh. Baggied breast. Stop. the worst two words together I've ever heard. (laughs) Baggied breast. Baggied. It's not funny, but it's fucked. Um, According to Sheriff, (sighs) Wayne was remorseful and apparently had reached a point in his life where he wanted to talk about what he'd been involved in. So both of us had serial killer truckers that turned themselves in. Yep. Weird. How weird. Yikes. The four victims he confessed to killing were female hitchhikers and sex workers who had been sexually assaulted, Reed probably raped, Yeah. Um, before they were choked to death and mutilated post-mortem. Not mm-hmm. all of them were choked to death, but enough were. Mm-hmm. Um, the first of the killings in his year-long spree dated back to 1997 when the torso of a woman between the ages of 18 and 25 was found floating in a channel near Eureka, California. Jesus yeah. Investigators found uh, seven body parts of the unidentified woman, and uh, which they found based on information that Ford had provided, though he did not know her name and could not assist in identifying who she actually was. And he chopped her body into pieces. Yep. Though the breast he brought to the sheriff's station was from a different victim. Why would you bring that... Uh, As proof, he wanted to prove that he had done this. He wanted to be taken seriously. Yeah, correct. But so so he wanted to prove that there were multiple victims. I mean, I think he just wanted, like Kenyon said, to be taken seriously. Like I am a serial killer. You pull a severed boob in a plastic bag out, and they're gonna listen to you. 
Yeah, exactly. They're not um, going to be like, oh, let's put you in the psych ward for 36 right. hours. They're going to exactly. be like, oh, you're hey, arrested, sir. Yeah. So the first body found was discovered in October of 1997, and it had been so thoroughly dismembered that her identity remains unknown. No one ever figured out who this poor woman was. Oh, my God. Believed to have been a hitchhiker whom Ford picked up, her mutilated torso was found in a marsh near Eureka, California. One of her arms was later found on a beach, like several yards away. Her head, other arm, and parts of her legs are still missing. They were never found. The head, arms, legs, and breasts had been cut off, and the torso had been stabbed 27 times and then cut down the middle. So he just went... Post-mortem. Really Mm -hmm. apeshit. Like, he just really was in, like, a frenzy. Cut down the middle. That takes motivation. Well, here's why. Ford stored other body parts in the freezer of his Arcata trailer for upwards of a year and apparently tried to cook some of the pieces. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So, yeah. On June 2nd, 1998, the nude body of a Las Vegas sex worker, Tina Renee Gibbs, age 26, was found in a Kern County aqueduct. She had been strangled. Ford admitted killing Gibbs, saying that she, quote, died during rough sex that included bondage. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. She did die of strangulation. She was not dismembered. Four months after that, the nude body of Lynette Devon White, a 25-year-old sex worker from Fontana, California, was found floating in a San Joaquin County irrigation canal. So he he liked depositing them in water. In water that's, like, used for municipal, like, water supply. Like, thanks. Oh, my God. Um, The precise cause of her death remains undetermined. The coroner's report lists her cause of death as, quote, homicidal violence of unknown etiology, which just sounds creepy. So she was maybe... um, Probably beaten to death, but it's like... Or, like, decomposed so much that they couldn't exactly tell. Right. They couldn't find any like clear evidence of strangulation. She was not dismembered. It mm-hmm. was just the, yeah, it was weird. Um, in interviews with detectives, Ford said he picked up white at an Ontario truck stop and that her death occurred in San Bernardino County before he drove to Phoenix with her body tied up in his truck. Um, then he later drove back to California where he dropped the body in the San Joaquin County canal. Oh, so he was just long hauling it with this body in his truck. Yeah. For several days. Wow. Okay. Um, Then in October of 1998, Patricia Ann Temez, her nude body was found floating in the California aqueduct in San Bernardino County. She had been strangled and one of her breasts removed, and this is the one that Ford carried in his coat pocket more than a week later when he walked into a sheriff's station in Humboldt County. Oh, Jesus. Temez's neck had been broken below her shoulders and her cause of death was ruled strangulation with a thoracic spine fracture and possible drowning. So there was water in her lungs and her neck was broken and she had signs of strangulation. So it was like a strangulation drowning situation. The neck neck broken below the shoulders? I guess like there's extension or like where the neck connects to the shoulders, like right in that area, it had been yeah. broken. So I think that's like the nape of the neck is still technically considered part of the neck. Wow. That's like, I'm assuming that's what that means. That's like hard. That's like, it seems like it'd be harder to break than like up, you know, yeah. by your throat. 
Well, yeah, because it's like so protected like, by your collarbone. Ultraviolent. Like sh- yeah, it's insane. It's Ugh. insane. After confessing to killing the four women, Wayne told authorities that he turned himself in so he c- wouldn't kill his ex-wife and leave his son an orphan. Well, he said he was what a guy. Yeah, I know. Wow. Is it crazy? He said he was ashamed of what he was doing, and his anger was mostly directed against his wife, and he was getting more angry at her every day for keeping him from seeing their son. So I'm going to kill four sex workers. Yeah. I'm going to kill mad at my a bunch wife. of women so that I can be given custody of my kid. Yeah. Good plan. He claims the four women died during sex uh, by accident. All and four. All four. And that they all died despite his efforts to revive them with CPR. <gasps> what a psycho. So he's really Which trying to justify it. He's really Totally trying- explains why you dismembered them, kept body parts in your freezer, and like yeah. dabbled in cannibalism. Yeah. Because you they accidentally died during sex. And what's so fucked up is like, say that were true. It's obviously not. But say that were what had happened. He is in the fortunate position of being a white man, and these women, these victims, are in the unfortunate position of being sex workers. So he probably, at least with one or two of these situations, could have gotten away with it. If yeah. he had reported it, even. If he had reported it and said, like, I, you know, I confess, I did, you know, pay for sex, and, like, you know, it if it got happened rough. in... Yeah, it got rough. They, I tried to revive them. It didn't work. Here I am. You know, but yeah, he probably would have gotten that was never that was never the situation. So, you know, it doesn't No, He's inventing he's inventing all these scenarios that are completely false to try to justify and like vacate his own responsibility. Mm -hmm. And this all happened in the course of a year. Like it was so fast that he was killing these women. Um, My God, it took two months to compile a jury of 12 people plus six alternates from a panel of 900 prospective jurors that they interviewed. Despite Wayne's confession, he did enter a plea of not guilty to charges against him on procedural grounds. He blamed his behavior on a brain injury that he received Mm -hmm. in a 1984 traffic collision in Irvine, California. Ford said he suffered the injury during his years in the Marines when he stopped to help another motorist. He claimed he was in a coma for nine days. I couldn't find anything to substantiate any of this. It's not my fault because this. It's not my fault because that. I I tried it. It's not my fault. He's the worst. Uh, The trial took almost three months as they slogged through nearly 80 witnesses and experts. Ford was found guilty on four counts of first-degree murder in June of 2006, and he was sentenced to death in August of 2006, but is still on death row at San Quentin State Prison over 10 years later. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. Which happens actually a lot, because there's like a million appeals. and Right, it, it takes a long, long time now. The weirdest thing, though, that I uncovered during my research... Shortly after his sentencing, a few public admirers began to emerge. No. Most notably, aspiring... Oh, my God, I just burped. Most notably, aspiring L.A. actress Victoria Redstall, who had been making a living as a spokesmodel for breast enhancement supplements. Ah! No. Redstall, a British-born actress from Studio City, admits to a lifelong fixation on serial killers... Mm. And said meeting Ford to interview him for a documentary was the dream of a lifetime. And I actually have a YouTube video of this crazy lady that I can add for the blog. Here's the thing. I think you're about to say what I am about to say. Okay, go for it. 
that like we do this podcast and we have our favorite cases and yada 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 but these people like completely gross me out who are so obsessed with serial yeah. killers and it's yeah. way crossing a line and this just continues to cross a line yeah i don't admire any of them no absolutely I don't, I don't not want to meet any of them like i am not no. even up for that even on like a psychological no get to the bottom of it level like hell no, no. like we no. entertained the idea of like writing to to no. felons and I when don't. we were immediately like man i don't know if we want to do this uh-uh. um she said she expected to be fascinated but not drawn into a deep bond with him Ew. quote I trust Wayne with my life. He's got such a kindness to him and such a conscience. Are you fucking kidding me? A no. conscience? Yep. No. She said this as her eyes filled with tears during an interview. Quote, he is so tuned into me and I to him that sometimes words don't have to be said. That's the thing. These people, and most of them are women, but not exclusively, that, that develop these relationships with these people who are on death row or who are imprisoned with no chance of parole or whatever it's because they have or they believe they have their exclusive attention they don't i know honey you don't yeah but that's why that's what they're in it for is they think Mm -hmm. this person is never gonna leave me Mm -hmm. they need me Mm -hmm. probably to like send them money and whatever and for emotional support and they're, you know, they have 24 hours a day to sit in a small room and think about how wonderful I am. That's the uh-huh. thought process. You know who wrote a good article about this is Elizabeth Greenwood on mm-hmm. Medium. Yes. Google She's it. She's the one who wrote that wonderful book about faking your own death, correct? Yes, she is. Cool. She's amazing. And she wrote a really good article about people who, quote unquote, date or have relationships with people in prison mm-hmm. and like the psychological shit that goes on. It's crazy. So Redstall, who also does voiceovers for commercials and had bit parts in the movies The Rock and Nothing to Lose, began visiting Ford so often at the detention center that it dominated her evenings and weekends. And she was even like 86 from the prison for a while because they were like, you are here too much. It's interfering with the trial. Like, you need to fuck off. Wow. That's bad. She says they shared details of their childhoods and sang country songs together through the plexiglass in the jail's visitors' chambers and that she got, quote, goose flesh the first time he sang. No, that is the the stuff of nightmares. When Ford couldn't remember all the words to Dwight Yoakam's A Thousand Miles from Nowhere, she sent him the lyrics. Nope. Oh, no. Redstall says she has already lost friends and family over her bond with Ford. Duh. Which she insists is deeply emotional, but not romantic. Uh Quote, everyone tells me, be careful. He's a serial killer. But they don't know Wayne like (laughs) I do, she said. We've all got evil in us, all of us. He -hmm. took it to the extent of killing humans, but I'm going on the man he is today and the remorse that he has today. So no biggie. No biggie. Water under the bridge. Here's Water in the aqueduct where your fucking victim washed out. Yeah, where your tap water comes from. Correct. Here's what I'm going to say about this. Understandably, everybody, no matter how monstrous of behavior they, you know, exhibit, everyone is a human. Everyone has multiple layers and depth. Great. Like what she says isn't 
like wrong on the surface, but also um fucking see through that and see that yeah. he murdered multiple people. Yeah. And he's Horribly. clearly using you for like whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Like uh, everyone has layers and facets and depth, but but it doesn't you know, erase what they've done. It does not erase what they've done. Nope. So get a grip, lady. Mm-hmm. Correct. And I will finish it with this. The irony of a model for breast enhancement pills called Herbal Grow Bust. Ick. No. Seeking out a killer with a breast fetish was not lost on her, and she did address it with the dark humor that both shocks and entertains the folks she talks to in the courtroom. Jesus. Well, I'm not going to fault anyone for shocking and entertaining dark humor, but I am going (laughs) to fault someone for developing a deep... For one herbal grow bust. That's like the more problematic situation here than her having a relationship with Wayne. It's like, don't peddle your herbal boob supplements to me, bitch. Yeah. No. (laughs) No. Anyway. Well, this episode was supremely dark and amazing. Uh And uh, we really owe that to our fan picker this week, Nicholas Gamash. Grenache, mustache, eyelash, panache. <laughs> Nicholas, <laughs> I really hope that you have no bodies in the cab of your truck and that you keep listening to us on your long hauls and that you get a lot of rest and you don't take any amphetamines. Yeah, and if you, do, you have do have bodies, take them out because they're going to weigh down your rig. Mm. Or the, if they're alive and they're just asking for simple transportation to their grandmother's house. It's fine. Good Lord. <laughs> Please don't transport any children, even with family permission. You don't want to go down that road, literally. You don't. All right. Ended up fine. Let's kick this off with thanking Kristen Overstreet for increasing their pledge from $1 to $5 a month. Thank you so much. Oh, hell yeah. Ditto for Aaron Sarver, who increased their pledge from $2 to $5. I love all these increases. Yeah, these are great to see. You are serving our lives. Mm -hmm. The increases are really, really cool because... You get all the Patreon content Already. at any at any level. So the increases yeah. just really show your love, which we really appreciate. Um, as uh, did Winter Amora. Winter Beautiful. increased their pledge from two to five dollars a month. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Andrew Neal is donating at five dollars a month. Thank you so much, Andrew. Mm-hmm. As is Michelle Randall. You, you make are us Randy. Randy. Really, Randy. Okay, thank you. <laughs> oh, is it my turn? Haley yep. Elise, we hail thee, Haley hail Elise. Hail Bob thee. <laughs> hail Bob <laughs> uh, Erica Wintland, also giving $5 a month. We... Went you to lend us that five dollars a month as long as you are financially able. We wouldn't be here without you. Uh, correct. <laughs> Linda Castro, we cast thank you enough. <laughs> no Linda, relation. You are <laughs> you are Linda, Linda. Thank yes. you. Yes, K Linda. <laughs> Oh, it's my turn again. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Get it together. <laughs> You're always after Lucy. Okay. <laughs> Elizabeth McGlamory, you are McGlamorous, and we love Glamorous. you. Glamorous. Shalin Stack, 
thanks for those stacks of ones. Five stacks of <laughs> f- a stack of five ones. You get five dollars a month, and we appreciate it. Oh my gosh, Cam Alter, we bow at the altar of Cam. Yes. We can't thank you enough for your five dollars a month. <laughs> we can gonna, thank you. Just enough. gonna keep using it as long as you can. I can't believe your generosity. <laughs> Lucy can't Please stop. don't alter your um, donation unless you are increasing. <laughs> <laughs> Dee Dee Adams, did we, Dee Dee, just say this? $10 a month, you Woo. get a wine glass. What up? Yeah, you mm-hmm. do. As does Stephanie White, a fucking patriarchic wine glass is en route to you within the next however long. As soon as Amanda starts helping me with wine glass treatments. Correct. Takes a few months. <laughs> it's not going to be overnight, I'll tell you that. Nope. It takes a few months because we did have a bit of a problem initially when we were sending them out immediately of people like pledging and not fulfilling that pledge and getting mm-hmm. a wine glass or like pledging once and then canceling after they got their wine glass. So it does take a little while now. Mm-hmm. Well, that and I'm fulfilling paid orders first. Yeah. But whatever. We You'll got lots going on. You'll Running a small business is hard. Really <laughs> it's hard, hard, y'all. You know who's not bolting away from this challenge <laughs> is Helen Bolt at <laughs> $10 a month. And hell, God you'll be getting bolts. a wine. You're going to get a hell of a wine glass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, um, Shanda Jorgensen is getting a wine glass, and um, Shanda should lend itself easily to a joke, and I got nothing. All right, so that brings us to Elizabeth Lorraine. (laughs) Uh, Lorraine in Spain falls mainly in the plane, and $10 a month is very generous. Mm -hmm. And Amber, Amber... Brito makes Taco. me Burrito. hungry for What's going on here, Speedo? Amber Brito. Brito, thank you for Works your for donation. Mark Body, you've got a great body. Hard body. Are hopefully not related to John Gotti, and we love you. I mean, they have very probably different not, last names. They're totally so. different. Probably not related. <laughs> Erica Holmes, you also give $10 a month, and it doesn't take a Sherlock Holmes oh. to discover that we should thank you for that donation. Oh, Amazing. Kicking off Trash Queen level at $15 Woo. a month. More Yanelli. of these keep coming in. I love it. Yanelli. Mm-hmm. You, you know never Yanelli. know. You, you never know, know what you're going to get. or Yanny, but you're Yanelli. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm glad it finally crossed the Atlantic to you. Yeah. The Laurel thing. Amanda's like, I'm quitting this podcast. I am just sitting here patiently waiting to quit this podcast. Bring in Scott. Just bring in Scott into the rotation. Kenyon, you're up. I know. Becky Cons. I can't believe how amazing you are. I can't believe it's not butter. Becky. It's not Becky. <laughs> Matthew Clark Golson, you are very nice. Thank you for your $15 a month donation. <laughs> Trash will be arriving at some point. You are not a ghoul, son. No. <laughs> Good one. Jamie, sing. Sign. Sing. We are <laughs> singing your praises and sending <laughs> you trash. 
Yeah, we are. <laughs> Thank you so much. Alice Tyler increased their pledge from ten to fifteen dollars a month, so they're gonna Ooh. get that trash. Ooh, eligible yeah, you really for want trash. Some dusty textiles from my house. Mm-hmm. Obviously, <laughs> uh, Christina Venable is uh, donating at twenty-five dollars a month. A month. A month. I'm <laughs> drunk already. Which means they will be able to pick a case and or topic. Um, and can make a wine suggestion, but just be aware that not everything you suggest is available in Minnesota, and we do have the right to veto it if we can't get it. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> you are a veritable queen, Krista yes. Venable. A Venable. Uh, Rio and Jasmine Minor, you yes. are major in our hearts. Oh, mm-hmm. that's Thank a good one. Thank you so much for your dual donation. They already picked Couple their goals. topic, so that's coming up. Amazing. Um, And shout out to Raylan Shoop. 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 Obvious choice. Obvious choice. Caitlin, Amy, you increased your pledge from $15 a month to $25 a month. So you should have received a wine glass and some trash possibly already. And now you get your chance to pick a topic. Yeah. So you get to like go through all the perks it's so cool hell yeah as does sarah muscovitz who increased mm. their pledge from five to 25 holy buckets you get that pay raise thank I see you, you so much she's also you, very active on social media so thank on you so for sh- your engagement Mwah. This Love is it. what this is the one that Amanda was like in Muscabello. Oh, <laughs> but it's over now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And of course, special thanks to our sponsor, Talkspace. Go to yes. talkspace.com forward slash gals for $30 off your first month of therapy that does not require pants. Love Treat. it. Yo, Brian. Yas. Thank you. Thank All right. You. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Hey, Lily. Oh, hey, Krista. Did you know, according to an unproven internet meme, you will cross paths with a murderer 36 times in your lifetime? I did know that, and you want to know why? I can guess. Because we're 36 times, a Canadian true crime and comedy podcast, which covers crimes in the Great White North. Every episode, we focus on a major crime, and then we lighten things up with a kooky one. We cover everything from major cases and unsolved mysteries to peculiar getaway choices and animals behaving oddly. So catch our bi-weekly episodes on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts.